Um, I like to, sometimes it's customary for me to start off this, uh, before I start preaching with a joke. Uh, who would like to hear a joke? <laughs> How many people in here love to make wishes? Raise your hand. Yeah, make a wish. No? Brother Larry, back there, he does. <laughs> there was a uh, couple, and the couple was just traveling down the road, and all of a sudden, an angel came to the couple and said to the couple, said to the wife, what can I do for you? Where, where would you like to go? You can make one wish. The wife said, well, since we are traveling, i like to go anywhere I, I desire. I don't want to go to the airports. I don't want to go there anymore. I just want one plane ticket that will allow me to go anywhere in, in the world. So the angel, poof, magical smoke just come up. And there in her hand, something appeared, a ticket. So the husband thought that was very good. He wanted to give it a shot. He wanted to ask the angel. The angel said, what can I do for you? He said, well, I wish my wife, because I always desire my wife to be younger. I wish my wife was 30 years younger than me. Poof! He turned 60 years old. Am I connected to Prizzy? Okay. As you can see behind me, the sermon title is Go Green. Go Green. Ken, not too long ago, Ken and I, we were just talking about global warming. We were talking about the shortage of water supply. In fact, Pastor Gus have given me and Ken an article that kind of proves Ken's point, and I agree with it. Uh, by the year of 2025, we're going to have a shortage of water supply. This is very current uh, as of today, as we'll, of what, the day of we're living in, right? We have uh, in Flint, they are dealing with a shortage of water supply because the Detroit switch over, uh, well, Flint switch over to Detroit water supply, which cutting off uh, good, clean water to drink. Uh, we have in California fires constantly uh, that's rampant every single day where you're talking about thousands and thousands of acres being burned by fires. We have in Texas, uh, Kansas City, tornadoes. We have all these global and domestic disasters, natural disasters, on a, on a mass scale. Um, and I always wondered, what is the cause of that? Why 
if these things happening, like for example in the book of Revelation, we we hear about the seven bowls being poured out onto the earth. So when the angel poured one of the bowls out, uh, John recorded by saying, thundering lightning struck the earth. That gives me an idea that the natural disasters are happening because of a divine occurrence. God have his, has his hand on what is going on. Not only that, also the earth itself. How many people in here think that the earth have feelings? <laughs> some people may do, some people may don't. That's fine. But what I will submit to you that in certain ways, the earth feels something. It may not be emotional the way that we feel things and the way that we emote emotions. But as but the earth, it feels what's going on in this daily world. That's why we need to go green. Can I get connected to Prizzy? Give me one second, folks. Click on edit. No, go back. No, 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 no. Go back. Go back. Go back. Click on edit right there. Thank you, Columbus. Click that. All right, as soon as it's that load up. But anyway, we need to go green. For example, if you can turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. This is a very familiar story. Everybody knows what this story is about. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. This is the story when God created mankind. But he regretted that he created mankind because of the wickedness of mankind was too great. Go back, click on, um, there we go, click join. There we go. Thanks, Columbus. Because the mankind wickedness was too great. This is what it says. Just to get y'all guys familiar with the text again. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. Verse 7. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Why do you think the Lord would say such a thing? Here's the reason why. The Lord would say this because as man wickedness 
was increasing, it started to pollute the world. It started to change the world from what it was in the beginning to what it is now. Right? Like for the story in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam sinned against God, God placed a curse upon the world. That curse changed the nature, the ecosystem, and everything else that either creep or crawl or walk upon this world. Another thing that the Lord desire to wipe out mankind is because he was going to do it in by causing a flood, right? We all know that water has a cleansing element to it. We all take showers or we all wash our cars. So it's another way for God to symbolically to cleanse the world of the wickedness that was happening at that particular time. Now, we have to be mindful that the world, in order for it to be cleansed, God had to see the wickedness of man to a great extent. This is what I mean. If you can uh, turn to Genesis chapter, no, turn to, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 13. Now, this is what it says. This is when Paul was trying to present the gospel to the Gentiles, but the Jews prevented Paul from doing so, to doing what he was called to do. This is what it says. Who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they may might be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins. But wrath has come upon them at last. What is Paul saying? It is a time in a period when a sinful individual or mankind himself will fill up the measure of wrath to a certain point, and that's when God will intervene. Or as you can see behind me, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 16, it says, And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. I'm showing you this is because this is when God was speaking to Abraham. And God said to Abraham, in the fourth generation, the Israelites is going to come over, take this land from the Amorites, 
because the Amorites was sinful. And this is how God is repaying that nation. How is this applicable to us? What I would submit to us is that when we look at nations, we should look at it from a worldview of how that nation is acting according to God's laws. We should look at it, we can take the nation North Korea or China. We can take America, for example. And we can ask ourselves, is America fulfilling God's laws? Are we, as a nation, doing what we should do and what God commanded us to do? The answer to that question is no. So what I will submit is this. I'm not a prophet, but I can have a good prediction that soon or later, if we as a nation continue to sin the way we sin as a nation, God will either take over the nation by allowing another nation to conquer us as Americans. This always happened in the Bible. We can look at the nation of Israel. How the nation of Israel was sinful in not following God's laws. And that's when the Babylonians, the Assyrians, came and took over Israel and deported them to their own, to another nation. And this is what the Lord is saying to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 16. That is just what he's saying. Why is he saying that? Again, number one, because of their sin. Number two, because of the land itself, because of earth. Amen? Now, Another thing that we need to be mindful is not only the sin, but again, the land itself. Look at Numbers 33, 35, verse 33. It says this. You shall not pollute the land in which you live, for blood pollutes the land and no atonement can be made for the land. For the blood that is shed in it is set by the blood of the one who sheds it. What is the Lord saying to the Israelites? For those who willfully commit a murder and spill someone else's blood upon the land, it is doing what? It is polluting earth. The earth itself cannot sustain the sinful acts of mankind. So what is the atonement for that? The atonement, in order to redeem that particular sinful act, is for that individual to be guilty of his crime. In order for him to be guilty, according to what God is telling Moses in the book of Numbers, is that that individual needs to be executed. Right? Let's continue. 
If you can uh, turn to Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18 is basically a hodgepodge of different law, uh, laws that, is, that God is commanding the children of Israel not to do. Like, for example, in Leviticus chapter 18, it talks about unlawful sex. Unlawful sex with your relatives, with your uh, in-laws, with your uncle's wife, etc., etc. The list just goes on and on and on. It also talks about child sacrifice in Leviticus chapter 18. For example... In Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21, it says, you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech. You should not offer your children to Molech. Molech was the Amorite God. And what they would do is offer human sacrifices to their God in order to please their God. The God, our God, Jesus, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is telling the Israelites not to do this. Here's the reason why. In Leviticus, same chapter, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 24 through 25, it says, Do not make yourself unclean by any of these things. For by all these, the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean and the land became unclean so that I punish its iniquity and the land, what, vomited out its inhabitants. Did God vomit out the inhabitants? Yes. But the land, earth, participated into, in that act as well. Let's continue. Same chapter, well, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 21. This is when it's talking about prostitution. One of the states that is very legalized, well, legalized prostitution is in Nevada. Nineteen counties, I believe, that you can go there, you can sin all you want, and go to these brothels, to these orgies, and you can just do whatever. But this is the commandment of the Lord. The commandment of the Lord, according to Leviticus chapter 19, 29, says, Do not profane your daughter by making her a prostitute. Lest the land fall into prostitution. And the land becomes full of what? Depravity. Becomes full of depravity. Here's another story. In the book of Judges, I think it's Judges chapter uh, 10, I believe. Jibril was sojourning on a road, and an old man visited him and said, Where are you lodging at? Where are you staying? And he said, I don't have anywhere to stay. So the old man invited him out 
to his place to stay. So the Benjamites, for those who saw this traveler traveling on this road and saw him went into this old man's house. They knocked on the door. They said, bring the sojourner out so that we may know him. The old man said, no, my brothers, please do not do this. So he said, here is my virgin daughter and also my in the sojourner's concubine. Take them and do whatever you please. Is that prostitution? Yes. Not only that's prostitution, that's a father who have no warrant or emotional connection with his daughter to protect her. In the United States, as I just mentioned, prostitution is rampant. This land that we live on, it's not going to take too much of it. It's going to be a certain point, a certain time when this land and when God intervened to cleanse this land again. Hold on to that thought because we're going to get there. Let's continue. In Isaiah 24, verse 4 through 6, it says this. The earth mourns and withers. The world languishes and withers. The highest people of the earth languish. The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a what? A curse devours the earth. And its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are scorched and a few men are left. This is the prophet Isaiah. This is actually going back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. Talking about the curse. The curse that is upon this earth because of man's sin. Now, how can we apply this to in a more practical way? How can we we understand the implications? We understand that sin itself is causing this earth to decay. We understand that. But for us, it's kind of different because we are all Christians. We all believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an important role to do. To redeem this world. So there are certain ways that we can apply this. For example, turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Or you can just look up there as well. As Christians, what is our main goal? One of the weapons that we always carry and we always should perform, it is prayer. We should 
pray frequently, consistently, like the movie War Room. The emphasis of that movie is telling us that we should pray because our battle is not with carnal or fleshly things. Our battle is with the principalities of this world, the spirit realm of this world. In order to battle with that, our prayer should be enforced. Amen? This is what it says. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and what? Heal their land. If we look at this collectively and on a hypo, uh, excuse me, Hypothetical understanding, if every single individual was a Christian and we follow this, do you think that we would have these tornadoes, these fires, droughts, unclean water to drink? No. This is a promise. This is what God has promised. His word was spoke. And this is what he can do. Amen? Here's another application. In Romans chapter 8, 21, this is when the world itself is begging God. Begging God to intervene on its behalf. Because for us as Christians, we are groaning We're yearning for that day when we see the Lord's face. We're groaning for that day. We cannot wait for that day when our faith meets reality. But the earth earth itself have that same groaning. This is what it says. For the creation was subjected to fertility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Catch this. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. What Paul is saying, when a pregnant woman who is at her ninth month, almost about that time, she's about and she's due, that pain to go through that pregnancy until that joy when she sees her child's face. The earth itself is saying the same thing. I am going through this pain of everyone's iniquity, of everyone's sin, and I cannot wait till the Lord redeem me so my earth, for my trees, my water will be clean. That's what the earth is saying. So whenever you see a tree hugger, don't laugh 
quickly. <laughs> to a certain degree, we should all be outside hugging trees. <laughs> because this is going to be the end of the earth. See, the Lord, again, he cleansed the earth of the iniquity by just wiping out mankind during the days of Noah. But at the very end, the Lord is going to redeem this earth. Because it's not where it should be. According to the way he has created the earth. This is what it says according to John. Then I saw a new heaven and a what? A new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away and the sea was no more. A new heaven and a new earth. Everything is going to pass away. This broken, unregenerate, sinful world will be no more and God will create a new world where there is no sin there is no brokenness or hopelessness the Lord is going to create something that is more glorious more beautiful more profound than anything that we can imagine so when I tell you beloved to go green I mean it. Go green. And this is what I mean by that. When we sin, it's like littering. Right? When you litter, I think, especially smokers, they don't really care. They're puff, puff, throw it out the window, keep driving. Or anybody who just don't have an ideal that As you continue to litter, you're polluting this world, causing more damage than good. Our sin is like littering. Outside of this church building, just in front of us, there's a sign that says, please do not litter. Just straight out on a uh, light pole. If you continue on Diagonal Road going towards Ken's house or Pastor Gus' house, you will see another sign. That particular sign says this. Only losers litter. Majority of us have seen this sign before. Only losers litter. Right? Beloved? (laughs) Beloved? Don't be a loser. Don't be a loser. Don't be a loser by continuing to sin the way we do. Not just us, but everyone. On an individual scale and on a global scale. Because every time we sin, it is polluting this earth. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Our Father... I pray for your precious people. I pray that as we continue our day, despite the Super Bowl, (laughs) we will be mindful of our behavior. 
We will be mindful of your commandments. So I ask you to help us to overcome the distractions that may, that we may face. Because within those distractions, we can lose sight of what is important. And what is important is glorifying you and not sinning against you and not sinning against your creation. So I ask you, Lord, to just bless your people, enlarge their hearts as they continue to journey through this life that you have called them to. And continue to help them to exalt Christ in every single second, minute, and hour. I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Well, another redeeming factor that we are aware of is communion. Or communion and taking tithes. Got the other one switch around. But, uh, I do want you to prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, give what you can give. If you're like the woman with two mites who can only give two pennies, that's fine. Because according to what Jesus said, she has given more than any of those Pharisees or anybody else. Because her heart was in it. Amen? Amen. Amen.